Welcome to Creator's Dementia, where you get to listen to a demented creator talk about imagination, writing, music, art, cosplay, all of it, because I am one of them weird individuals that try to do everything in my power to live my passions according to my dreams. And if you know what I'm talking about, then you're going to love this podcast. So sit back, relax, grab something to drink, and let's journey into a demented mind that tries to turn passion into reality to escape the world in which we have to face. Welcome to Creator's Dementia. Hello and welcome back to the once forgotten but now risen from the hiatus grave of doubt and despair, Creative Dementia. It has been way too long. It has been almost two months. So, I know it's been a while. Um, a couple of months, in fact. Uh, it's It's been a crazy, It's it's been weird, and it's been a soul-searching quest for me personally uh, a lot of changes have actually taken place and I apologize for the abrupt disappearance for the handful of loyal people that actually listen or watch this um, I had actually created a season finale episode uh, before everything started but uh, I was in I, I was in such self-doubt that I don't know. I was, it it was bad. Um, I was in such self doubt about my path with what I was trying to accomplish with everything, and I decided to not do anything with it. Um, I kind of just fell, just fell away. Um, there was a lot going on. Uh, my my mind was just not having it anymore. I kind of. I drifted away from all my projects and I felt overwhelmed and it's mostly my fault on why but uh yeah I'm trying to get back into the swing of things so we will see how this takes off again uh, but you know as a creator uh, there's this tendency that uh, seems to creep up on you uh, and you know take over in which you have no control over uh, that emotion you know it grips me a lot um, most of the time I can push through, I can, you know, figure out a way to kind of level my mind, uh, on the judgment scale, you know, that, uh, that seems to be created. But, uh, when, when I hit this wall, I hit it hard. Uh, so I have decided to actually change things up a bit. Um, but before I get into it completely, um, I do have news uh, I want to share during that happened during my time gone from Creator's Dimension and also The Other Side of Shadows. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, you can actually see a whole new background. And, oops, I hit my, I made notes too, so that way I can keep track of what I'm talking about. Uh, like I said, changes, uh, a lot of changes. But uh, yeah, you can actually see a whole new background. Um, we have moved. Uh, the the couple of months that I haven't done this, we, um, right before I decided to not, well, I decided to not record for a while. Um, well, actually it wasn't right before, it was right after, because, like, it was just too much going on. I'll, yeah, it was just a lot going on in my mind, and I just, I could not break it, break free from it. But, uh, 
we uh right before I quit re- right after I quit recording um we put a application in to move to a new home uh to rent this new house and sure enough we got it so this is my office uh that you if you are watching on YouTube you can currently see uh it's a whole new space um this house is way bigger um we now actually have room for all of us and my uh four children we have an upstairs downstairs everything so it actually worked out pretty well um, I'm excited and I, I love being here we've been here for uh, almost a month now and I finally got this office set up to a point where I'm okay with it there is a couple of things I still got to dig out of a box kind of like that box that's right behind me it says Huggies on it it's an old Mickey Mouse box but uh this uh this area here that I'm in now that is now my office uh, was actually a storage room that I converted you know it still needs some some work you know over time I, I'll get there uh, but eventually I'm going to get updated equipment and continue to learn more ways to improve with what I'm doing and hopefully have a more pleasing aesthetic behind me for the people who actually watch my videos on YouTube with this podcast but as of right now this is what it looks like I've got my Funko Pops over there I got my bookshelf um, see if I can move my chair without it squeaking a little squeak you can see my Superman art Grogu Mandalorian helmet my Mjolnir my Stormbreaker Captain America shield and on the big bookshelf let's try and move this chair again you can see Star-Lord up there on all my bookshelves Um, like it's it's a big change big transition so and I'm happy about it because I have my own little privacy in here I can record I can write and no distractions I don't have a TV in here so I don't have to uh, I won't have that distraction of trying to watch a show while also trying to do what I'm doing now so hopefully this will help me in the long run just have my own little area where I can decompress and do my hobbies and you know stuff I love um, but yes I'm I'm working on it I'm working on a lot of things. Um, so, enough about the uh, the office here, um, which is kind of funny because there's an office poster of uh, Michael Scott, Steve Carell, uh, holding a microphone during, I think, one of the first Dundies that the office ever showed. Uh, and it's got, that's what she said on the poster. But uh, enough about my office. Uh, so... Quillandia is uh, having a new release soon, hopefully next month. Um, It is going to be Christmas in Quillandia. We are doing a Christmas edition of our fantasy world that me and a bunch of authors created. Uh, I wrote my short story for it. It's called A D20 Christmas. Um, So if there are any D&D fans that listen to this, you'll know exactly what D20 is. but it's you know it's going to be an assort, assortment of stories involving what happens in Quillandia during Christmas. Um, so, like I said, mine's called a D20 Christmas, and hopefully, you know, I'll have enough D&D influence in there where if someone does play D&D or even if they don't, they still will enjoy the story. Um, I went to BAM uh, at the beginning of this month. Uh, BAM is the Books, Art, and Music Festival. Uh, it was in Jamestown, uh, about an hour away from where I live, and it was 
amazing. I had fun. I sold some books, met a lot of new writers, met some artists, and made some new friends while I was networking. And and it surprised me because people loved Legion's Dawn. They were loving it. Um, that's the book that most of them bought. <clears throat> and I was I was happy because you know it wasn't. I didn't go there in the on the intent to sell my work. It was to meet people and network. But I did sell some stuff, and like I said, uh, there, there's a picture on top of my big bookshelf of uh, Watts from Apex, and uh, a guy that I met, he uh, painted that, and I traded one of my books for that painting, and this dude is amazing, uh, his artwork is fantastic, um, so uh, it was just all around fun. I, I loved attending BAM. It was amazing. Um, my two author friends um, that some of you know and want and if you've listened to earlier episodes of Creators Dementia, um, I interviewed one of them, which was Dana Wood. Um, but uh, Dana released the Dragon Child. She finally released the Dragon Child, so it is available on Amazon. And Lori, the author of the Unclaimed series just released a book called Picture Perfect. So them two are writing and getting stuff out there. So don't forget, um, get on Amazon, order their stuff. It's, I mean, their writing is amazing. And we've all been waiting for The Dragon Child for so long, and it's finally here. So be sure to check it out. And do not forget Larry Dean Toller's book, Fates, A Dark Legacy. It is available on Amazon. Sorry. Um, and... You know, that book really got me in tune with fantasy, and I know like a lot of you will would enjoy reading that book. It is a thick mon monster, and it is worth every word to sit down and read that story. So be sure to get Fates of Dark Legacy as well as A Dragon Child and Picture Perfect. Uh, so before I quit doing this for a while, uh, I'm pretty sure I mentioned a children's book that I was working on <clears throat> a middle grade novel called Bridges to the Other Side and I planned on having it done by Halloween and it did not happen like I said I went into a funk and it kinda kinda messed with me for a bit um, but uh, I'm still working on it and you know I guess Halloween was just not the the due date that I needed uh, so Hopefully I can get that book going. And everybody keeps asking me, uh, when is the second Legion's Dawn book going to come out? And I'm working. I haven't even started it, but, you know, I'm planning things in my head. So hopefully I can get it there uh, at some point. Um, I don't know, a lot of projects. I've got, I've got to learn to chill out because I'm overwhelming myself with all these projects. And I've got to learn to just flow. And it's hard for me to just let things flow because I'm. I want results. Uh, I want to try and I want to get things done. But sometimes that's just not how it works, and I've got to realize that. <clears throat> um, but so to talk about creators dementia, um, creators dementia is going to go through some changes, uh, mostly scheduling. Uh, cause when I started, I uploaded every week. I 
would get stressed with trying to produce um, every week with not enough focus on making sure the quality was good. And uh, I was rushing topics and not allowing enough time to secure the topics I wanted to discuss. So Careers Dementia is going to a bi-weekly posting. Episodes will be released on Fridays, you know, basically like every other Friday thing. Uh, That way it'll give me time to be focused on the end result instead of uh, what I'm doing at the moment type deal, if that makes any sense. Um, I've got to figure out ways to do better with this so that's what I'm, and I have decided that my scheduling was just not I mean I'd done it I did do it but it was stressful because if I didn't release an episode every week I would feel bad and I would feel crappy about it even though some things were out of my control so I'm trying to allow myself enough time to truly um, discuss the topics that I want to discuss during each episode and do it properly and do the proper editing in case there are mess ups uh, you know I, I want to do this right so Critters Dementia is going to a bi-weekly schedule that'll give me enough time to do the research of topics I want to discuss as well as edit the audio and the video to make sure that nothing is out of order Uh, But with Creator's Dementia and my other podcast, The Other Side of Shadows, uh, it was just becoming a little too much to keep going. Uh, That is why the schedule will be changing. You know, I was releasing, I think I only got like maybe three to four episodes in with The Other Side of Shadows. But I was releasing both episodes each week. And like I said, that's a lot of recording. That's a lot of editing. That is, you know, a lot to keep up with. So I'm going to try and space it out a little better so I can do better. Um, But hopefully, hopefully I can do this better. I'm, uh, we will see. (laughs) So, uh, prayers needed for this kind of stuff. Um, and all the support that you can send my way, if it's just sharing or listening or viewing, you know, that goes a long way with me. And you have no idea how much I appreciate the people that are still sticking around to see if another episode comes out. And I hope that I didn't wait too long to the point where people just lost interest. Um, so hopefully we can we can get back to the way things need to be. But all right, considering the crap fest of emotions and doubt that I have experienced, uh, we are actually going to discuss the syndrome that connects to these types of feelings. And it is actually called imposter syndrome. So today's topic for creator's dementia is imposter syndrome. And a lot of us suffer from this. Um, I didn't know the exact... Uh, definition of imposter syndrome I always thought it was you know kind of like cabin fever or uh, what's that one called where someone falls in love with their kid now I can't remember what that one's called but I thought it kind of related to something like that but imposter syndrome actually relates to 
creators more than anything. Um, and you know, I mean, it does relate to a lot of people, you know, just work and, uh, anything of that nature. But I find that imposter syndrome seems to be more effective toward creators of every type instead of just the normal day-to-day Joe or Jan that just goes to a nine to five. But, uh, Imposter syndrome is also called perceived fraudulence. Um, the feeling of self-doubt, personal incompetence that basically haunts you despite your education, experience, and accomplishments you've had throughout your life. When trying to return to the feeling you had when you first realized your talent but have been convinced that you are not what you thought you were, you tend to work harder and hold yourself to a higher standard. So imposter syndrome makes you feel like you doubt your abilities and feel like a fraud. Uh, This is an all too familiar feeling. Uh, It isn't considered a mental illness, even though sometimes the way we feel, you would honestly think it is. Uh, But it is described as a mental condition of fearful thoughts of being exposed as a fraud, even though you aren't one. So, if you are a creator, a writer, anything, uh, dealing with the imagination and you try and push content out there and you don't feel like you are the one that should be doing it, or you feel like that you are just not as good as you actually are, it's part of having imposter syndrome and it sucks so bad. But, uh, you know, when I write... uh, or I put on cosplay or, you know, make videos, record episodes like this. Uh, I always felt like I needed to be better. I still feel like I need to be better. Uh, do better. Like, I'm not good enough. That's why I don't get the views or the comments or, you know, the likes. All that stuff. And it can, I completely, it seems like I completely overestimated my passion and uh, my passion and my talent. Uh, I, it's, you know, I often felt like I, I won't amount to the good of media entertainment. And, you know, then, you know, the self-doubt settles in. Uh, and it's, it's just a constant roller coaster. You know, it's the same track, never a stopping point. And, you know, it when it hits, it's overwhelming. It sucks so bad because it can kick you into a depressive state that you don't think you can climb out of. And you're trying to figure out a way to kind of balance yourself out, you know, do something that you truly enjoy. But then that little hiccup happens and you're like, well, I'm not even that good at this. So why am I still even doing it? It, I don't like that feeling. It comes way too often. And, you know, there actually is a lot of uh, different types of imposter syndrome. And... You know, you could relate to all of these, or you could relate to some of them. I mean, more than likely, you probably relate to more than one, kind of like me. I've figured out which ones I actually relate to, even though the title of these, the two that I relate to, makes me seem conceited in my head. But that's just that's just me. That's what's in my mind. So, um, but I'm going to tell you the five types of imposter syndrome and what they are, and hopefully, I can give you a tip on how to counteract 
that feeling, even though I need to take my own advice on this one. Because, I mean, I've been on hiatus for almost two months. And, I mean, some of it was because no internet back here in my office. I had to buy Wi-Fi boosters to get internet in here because the walls are lined with something so thick. It's an older house. I love it that it's an older house. But it's so old that there's something in these walls that does not allow... Uh, the Wi-Fi signal to reach back here as much as it should and even now I have a little trouble I want to run an Ethernet cord straight from my tower to my Wi-Fi booster just that way I have a constant connection but I don't think I have a 65 foot cord and I don't think I can run it safely so I'm gonna have to make do I want to figure something out that way you know I don't have any issues with uploading and all that fun stuff. You know, if I want to play my D&D online. So, work in progress. And before we get into these five types of imposter syndrome, um, I would just like to tell you all that, you know, if you are working on a project, you know, or if you have, sorry, my ear's itching, if you have worked on a project, you know, a poem, a short story, a little flash fiction piece, hit me up. I would love to read it. I would love to showcase it. Um, you know, I've I've always been the type. You know, ever, okay, so ever since BAM, which was November 9th, I'm pretty sure. Is it the 9th or the 5th? I don't know. It was one of them days. Uh, but uh, I have actually gotten more comfortable with public speaking. I don't know. It's weird. Like with meetings at work or, you know, trying to talk to someone serious in a meeting or, you know, like if it's a one-on-one -on -one or a group meeting, I always got nervous. I got clammy. I got very anxious and it sucked so bad. I, I, you know, I stuttered or, you know, my voice would change octaves and accents. Like I would honestly get a little bit more country with my accent instead of just my normal voice like you are hearing now. I know some people say that I still have a country accent with this normal voice, but just imagine this going to this. It's kind of irritating, and it's all because it's a nervous tick. But ever since, bam, because I wasn't trying to really sell my product. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to network. I wanted to, uh, you know, show Show off who I am rather than show off what I'm doing. And I honestly got more comfortable with talking to all these different artists and authors that was there in a public tone rather than just me saying, hey, buy my book, it's good. And, you know, not soon after that, not long after that, we had a meeting at work and I had to talk to an entire uh, crew and not once was I nervous. I don't know why, but you know, ever since BAM, it's been a pretty consistent uh, comfortability with talking to people. And you know, like if, if I'm at work and I'm talking to customers, ain't no big deal. I, you know, I can spit like the rest of them with my customer service voice. But trying to be professional is a whole different story and a whole different ball game. But I just want to throw that little information out there. It's a it's weird how something clicked in my mind where I'm like, why would I be nervous if I'm just talking? 
you know, I can do this all day. I can talk on my podcast all day because there's no one around me. But, you know, dealing with stage fright, I guess is what you would call it. Um, it can get the best of you. And it can change your whole demeanor. So that's a thing that I don't know why I got way off topic with this. But I think um, that has helped me with a lot of my, my stuff here. Uh, but yeah, I got way off topic. I apologize. Um, but anyways, the, uh, five different types of imposter syndrome. Um, there's the perfectionist, the natural genius, the rugged individualist. When I read that part, I was like, well, maybe that's me. Uh, it's maybe the beard, but no, uh, the expert and the superhero. These are all five different types of imposter syndrome. Now, we're going to go down the line and you can identify, you probably will identify with one of these and hopefully, um, I remember how I got to that topic and I hit my cord, sorry. Uh, I remember how I got to that topic because it was a follow my own advice thing. Um, but I'm going to go through with uh, each type of uh, imposter syndrome and I'm going to give you a little tip on hopefully how you can counteract it once again i need to follow my own advice with this so hopefully hopefully i'm not just spitting information and actually teaching you know giving proper advice because if you don't use your own advice then what's the point of actually giving someone advice all right so first type of imposter syndrome is the perfectionist and the perfectionist is an extremely high indicator of imposter syndrome people in this category set very high expectations for themselves if these people reach all but one percent of their goal they will still perceive it as a huge failure when a mistake happens they question their entire core and after reading that, I just realized that I can relate to this one. So that's three of them. Three types of imposter syndrome that I feel is really inside me. Uh, because like this, you know, I have created episodes for this podcast. I have written books. I have uh, done interviews. I have attended events. Uh, but... I didn't get the result that I wanted and I still haven't and I feel like a failure because I didn't get it and it once again it it did it to me I haven't done this in a couple months I shut it down because I felt like I was just not good enough I felt like I failed at doing this podcast so I can actually relate to the perfectionist <laughs> uh, but hopefully a way to counteract this type of imposter syndrome is take the most important approach to the aesthetic of being a perfectionist and that is to accept your mistakes and use it as a teaching tool for greater success make sure to celebrate your achievements to avoid the emotional burnout solid advice um, honestly I need to start patting myself on the back that you know I have created two podcasts they are not famous they are not 
woo, you know, everybody's craving them. Everybody wants to listen to them. But I have created this. I have written books. You know, some people have liked. It's not everybody's cup of tea, of course, you know. It's like I don't read a lot of romance novels, but I know a lot of people that do love romance novels, you know. But, you know, these certain little achievements that we do, even though we don't have the exact result that we pictured in our minds, which is, you know, a a writer's uh, false identity. Um, that's what I'm going to call it because I went through this when I first started writing. You know, I expected it to take off, hit bestsellers list, everybody know who I was, everybody want my autograph, but that's not how it works. So I identify completely, and the thing we always have to remember is not everybody, yes, there are a lot of writers out there, a lot of authors, a lot of people that do write, but not everyone can do what we do. I know some people that would love to actually do a podcast, and I would love to help them get there. But they can't. They won't. And, you know, just a simple podcast, even though it's not rated five stars with every episode and it's featured on multiple magazines as a must listen, you still got one created. You have still put yourself out there and tried to talk about things that you are passionate about. And that is an achievement. If, you know, I'm on Spotify, Listen Notes, uh, Podbean, uh, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon, uh, the Amazon Music. I mean, those are little accomplishments that I need to realize. I have made it there, and I will continue, and I will try. No, I'm going to take that back. I will get further with it. I have to put it in my mind that this is worth it. No matter the results May they not be the best results. I can still get there and I still love to do this. So I need to continue. So celebrate your greater success and make sure you celebrate your achievements to avoid the emotional burnout. I wish I could have read this before my hiatus, but I didn't. And hopefully this will help you if you suffer from this type of imposter syndrome. And even if you aren't aren't completely in this category, still take that counteractive response as something that you should do anyways. You woke up this morning, you're alive, that's an achievement. Pat yourself on the back because you have the whole day to do great things. Not many people have that blessing. Okay, moving on. Imposter syndrome number two, the natural genius. Now this one, uh, the natural genius are the ones that are the top of their class. Success was easily conquered. Uh, We know some people like that. We've all met ones that are the natural genius. Um, But the thing is, as they grow, it is inevitable that scenarios will be presented to them where achievements aren't second nature, hard work, or struggle to meet their goals. Now, because they're not used to the hard work, you know, it, it came easy. You know, they they had the natural ability to do this. 
So they're not used to the, the struggle. They're not used to the feel of struggle. They're not used to the hard work it takes to actually do something, you know, kind of like it. what I don't want this to sound bad. So I'm trying to figure out a way to say it, you know, like you got these people that are just amazing at math, you know, the, the mathematicians that can literally do an equation in their head within a split second, you know, and it'd take me maybe a pen and paper and trying to work out the entire problem and take me like 15 seconds that take them 1.3 seconds. You know, the natural, those are natural geniuses, but say, um, they try to uh, venture over to being a wordsmith, but they can't grasp it because numbers are their game, not words. You know, I, sh- I would say, um, they will see, they will feel that struggle and they're not used to it because, you know, they excelled so far and so quickly at this one subject, they thought maybe they could do it with all subjects, but it turns out they can't. You know, they were only a natural genius toward numbers and not words. So the natural genius tends to feel the, you know, will feel the will feel the struggle once they get there and then they lack the ability to uh, notice it and they will feel that they aren't good enough all because of one thing that they just wasn't naturally good at <clears throat> I don't uh, I do not resonate with this type of imposter syndrome at all because I am not a natural genius at anything and I'm okay with that but kudos to the ones who are because that's a gift you know and I that is awesome if you are a natural genius at just one thing or two things you know it's that's amazing like I have tried many different things to try and be a genius at and it uh, I'm just not that kind of person but if you are a natural genius the best way to conquer this imposter syndrome is to see yourself as a work in progress think of the skills you admire in the journey traveled to get there not everyone obtained a natural talent learning is the most important process to becoming what you can be now that tidbit of advice there that should go out to everybody uh, learning is the most important process when to becoming what you can be it's not what you want to be; it's what you can be. If you, you know, they say if you want it bad enough, get it. I see that, but you know, I, I would, you know, at some, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a astronaut, just like just probably every kid out there. But I know I can't be one, and I'm okay with that. But I know what I can be, and I want to get to the place that I know I can get if that makes sense so uh, another type of imposter syndrome is the rugged individualist and it's it's not what it sounds like to me anyways it's it's different my leg is starting to hurt so if you hear the chair squeak I apologize but I've got to move my leg Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, I've got bad, ever since I tore the ligament in my right knee, it's just been horrible. I gotta start taking some vitamin D. Apparently that's supposed to help. But, uh, 
the rugged individualist. So, with this type of imposter syndrome, uh, asking for help, uh, seeing an achievement is only possible if done alone. So, that's a weird way to write this note. So, um, um, okay. The rugged individualist cannot stand to ask for help. That's that's what it was supposed to be. And they see an achievement is only possible if done alone. There we go. That makes much more sense. Uh, these types of imposters struggle to reach out when they need assistance. It makes them believe that they are that their contribution invalidates their own skill set and are lacking in every aspect if they ask for help. I do not resonate with this at all. I don't mind asking for help. Uh, I've asked many people, about, uh, mostly Tyler, about how I can do better with my podcast. He told me to get a better microphone. Uh, he said that analog, or however you pronounce it, it's not analog, uh, but USB, not a bad microphone, which is what I have now. This That's what this is, but the other type of microphone is better. It's The sound is crisper. And if I get the right equipment, I can switch over to that. But right now, it's USB. Uh, but I asked, I asked Tyler for help. I've asked him a lot when it comes to podcasts for help. Um, so I don't mind asking for help. Because uh, I know if if I can't figure something out, it's it's what I need. I, you know, And if someone can figure it out for me, then that is awesome. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to just sit back and let them figure it out all by themselves. It just means that if I can uh, have the help that I actually truly need to make myself better, then I'm going to take it. But if you are a rugged individualist, if there's anything you need to do, it's speak to the people that inspire you. Ask them how they feel about their the contributions from others that led to their success. If they can give you stories of how so many people helped them achieve their goals, then hopefully it can help you figure out that you sometimes do need help. It's that extra ear or the extra voice that will get you to where you can be and where you intend to go. Uh, asking for help, it's not a bad thing. And a lot of people have to realize that, you know, sometimes you do need help. Um, that's what it's there for. It's to move you forward, move you along, get you where you want to be. So if if you are a rugged individualist and you can't stand the fact that someone, uh, that you need help with something, figure out someone out there that has had help to reach the point of their success that you would actually like to be. Because then maybe you can realize that having help isn't the bad thing that you make it out to be. It does not make you less of a person. It does not make you less of a creator. It does not make you less of a worker. It just means that there's a load on your shoulders that you just cannot handle alone. And that's what humanity is for. To share it's going to sound bad, but to share the burden, because like I said, I know that sounds bad, but if you share a burden, then you can lift yourself up to actually surpass that burden. 
And I hope that made sense. I say that a lot. I hope it makes sense. But like I'm, I'm the top. Okay, I'll let me reiterate here. There was this episode of Scrubs, if you've seen the show. Amazing show. It's a timeless classic. Um, Michael J. Fox was on there. And he was a surgeon, also a medical doctor that learned both professions who has OCD. And JD walks in to see him scrubbing away at his hands, trying to get them clean, even though he's washed them 50 times. And JD, you know, he got mad at him for something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he went to go talk to him. You know, he was like, uh, I need to talk to you. And he, you know, Michael J. Fox was like, just give me just a minute. He said, no, I need to talk to you right now. And then Michael J. Fox just screams and he looks at him and says, I'm sorry. He said, uh, I've washed my hands, uh, so many times and I can't turn off. It's like, no, it's just a weird thing. He said, but I'm not going to place my burden on you cause they are mine to keep. And see, I admire that because I don't know. It's you, the, the saying is misery loves company, but I hate it if I'm, you know, feeling the way that I felt a couple months ago. I hate to have someone feel the same way because it's unbearable. And I'm not talking, you know, uh, ending the life force scenario. I'm just saying quitting a passion, which is, it's deadly. Uh, quitting a passion is because you know a piece of your soul goes into your passion and you know you don't want your soul to you know vanish but the the aspect of sharing your burden to someone who will understand can actually help you uh, you know can pull you out of that dark hole and yeah I really hope I did not confuse myself or talk out of my my head on that one. But yes, if you are a rugged individualist, don't be afraid to have help. It'll only make you stronger. It will not not deter your actual ability. It will keep you on your path because someone can help guide you little philosophy there all right so the i love it when i start to ramble because then i lose my spot my train of thought and i feel like i'm just talking i need to quit hitting that cord oh my god but yeah when i ramble i apologize because i feel like i spit nonsense and people might get bored and that's why i started making notes and yet i still go off but at least I know what I'm talking about when it comes to the notebook right here. Not the book or the show, the movie. I'm literally talking about my notebook. It's blue. Okay, uh, so the next imposter syndrome. The next type of imposter syndrome uh, is called the expert. This is one that I identify with. It's I saw it's the second of the three 
even though at first it was just two. And then I read The Perfectionist, and now I've got three. Anyways, The Expert. Uh, this type prefers time to research and gathering. I'm putting my notebook in front of my camera. <laughs> prefers time to research and gather information before starting on a new project. Coming into something new with as much information and knowledge as possible. A position of expertise. Problem is. This will hold you back from new adventures and journeys because you don't know enough about it, though you could learn as you go. So, uh, now, part of this type of imposter syndrome, like I said, I can identify with. Uh, not the whole thing. Um, I do do research a lot. Uh, of stuff, you know, of topics, you know, that I want to talk about, uh, you know, and it's actually good to do that if I'm trying to do advice or informational pieces uh, on this podcast, but um, it does, I have noticed that it does stop me from doing a lot of other things if I don't know enough about it, um, but that's why I do research, and I guess that's what it's trying to tell me here. You don't have to just be completely knowledgeable of what you're wanting to do. You just have to move forward to try to do it. Um, but ways to counteract this type of syndrome is to make an effort to not having to hoard or contain all the knowledge. Try a learn-as-you-go approach. Improvisation and microbursts of research can boost your confidence in moving forward. So, I've started doing it that way, uh, sort of. Um, you know, a long time ago, I would dive into something head first, and then I would learn as I went. And, you know, I always got the results I didn't want. So, that's why I started doing the research uh, but the one thing I have to realize is I can do research as I go to gain that information that I need um, you know if I want to be interested interested in becoming a pilot of course you know you got to do your research you got to go to school but I'm not I shouldn't do all that research before I get into it. I need to get into it and then research as I go. I can learn while doing. And I know that that is the best way I learn if I am active uh, you know and you know just as it's happening I see and I learn. I've been that way since high school but yet as I got older I, my, my learning ability is still the same but my intentions have changed. If, if, if I want to learn something, I want to know about it before I attempt it. You know, sometimes I don't see a problem with that. But there's a lot of things out there that you don't have to be that way. And, you know, I guess 
I don't know. It's it's weird and different. You know, it's it's something new, so it, it's terrifying. And maybe maybe I can figure it out. So the last um, type of imposter syndrome that I have researched uh, is called the superhero. Yeah. Um, so this one. Yeah. You push yourself to work harder than everyone. Expectations are higher for yourself than the expectations of others. The overwhelming feeling of the need to succeed in every element of life at work or home. It is triggered when one of these areas is not as strong as the other. Working harder to prove worthiness will cause burnout and lead to more mental health issues. That one right there is the one that I definitely feel. It's called the superhero, which makes me feel inferior. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one right there. I like when I said at the beginning, I took on way too many projects. I tried to be the best at that, you know. I tried to be the best at it, and it got overwhelming, and that's what caused me to fall away from it. Uh, I got burnt out, and I got burnt out with my writing, I got burnt out with podcasting, I got burnt out with cosplaying, I mean, it just it, it burnt me out completely, and that's what happens. That's part of having imposter syndrome. But, you know, and I would always try and, you know, be like someone who is successful. Um, I know a bunch of people that are photographers, so I try to be as successful as them. And it's not happened, and it kind of burnt me out. You know, I, I didn't get the results I was wanting. So, it killed me inside, and it hurt me. And, you know, people, I have tried to book photo shoots with people. You know, I've even offered free uh, photos, you know, like with cosplay and no one wanted to do them. And, but yet everybody's lining up to get these other photographers to take their pictures for bukus of money. Now I'm like, well, what's the difference? What do they have that I don't have besides the studio? Of course, you know, I do all mine outside and it's cold now, so it's going to be a little difficult. But, uh, I have come to realize that they were all good marketers I mean, that comes with anything you're trying to do. But people are used, are more comfortable with what they know. Uh, I'm, I'm different. I'm not the, the, photog the photographer, <laughs> the photographer everyone is used to. So I've got to find my own audience with this. I've got to figure out my own way. Um, but because... I'm not the one that's getting the messages or the phone calls saying, hey, come take my pictures because you're really good. It hurts a little uh, because I've tried so hard with it. I have, you know, attempted so many different ways to get my name out there media-wise, and it's it's not helped. Don't get me wrong. I've had some bookings. I mean, uh, but it's not where... I thought I would be and when I measure myself to the success of others writing photography TikTok, you know making videos all that stuff 
when I measure myself to all of them, it hurts. It kills my soul. And I've got to learn not to do that. And if you do that, please figure out a way to not do that because we are individuals. I mean, we may be in the same aspect, you know, the same spectrum of creativity, but we are our own unique way. We are the unique versions of that spectrum. And that's what we have to realize. That's what I need to realize. But ways to counteract the superhero imposter syndrome is don't measure yourself to the accomplishment of others. Set up healthy boundaries and finding other ways to identify yourself through new hobbies and routines. Easier said than done. But we got to learn to do it. I mean, that's just how it is. So, like I was saying, I can relate to the expert and the superhero. If I hit my cord one more time, I'm going to quit. <laughs> but I can relate to the expert and the superhero. Um, and I guess, what was the other one? The perfectionist. I can relate to that one too. Uh, but I do research constantly to try and be the best at what I'm doing. If I don't get the results I want, I slide downhill really quickly. And uh, if I find out some, or, you know, or if I find out something, um, um, uh, what was I trying to say? Um, if I find out something better, sorry. I could have done during research and it could have changed my entire course of life. Disappointment settles in. Because I didn't do all the research that I could have done in order to figure out a way to do it better the first time. It hits. It hits pretty hard. You know, and you know, the bullying that I received in high school and you know, the ridicule from a lot of people you know, in society, you know, that, that crap will haunt you and having the imposter syndromes can bring those memories and all those hateful words back. You know, when they say you're fat, uh, you're not good enough. You can't do that because you suck. Uh, why would you even try this? You know, you're not going to do it right. You know, you're not going to make it, you know, that kind of stuff comes in like a freaking tidal wave. And the bad part is, it, it, you know, a lot of that stuff, if you've had to deal with it, you know, that was a long time ago for me anyways. I mean, I've been out of school for 15 years. Uh, but, you know, any, any negative feedback that you've ever received throughout your entire life, uh, if your mind gets to that point where it's disappointed in you, because you didn't achieve something the way you thought you would, those negative thoughts come back. And it's. It would be nice to control it, but the only way you can control something like that is controlling how you react to it. Not you. Because, you know, it's kind of like memories. Random memories will pop in your head that you didn't even recognize that you had. 
You're not going to control that. You know, it could be activated by a smell or a sound. But how you react to them is what you can control. It's like, you know, if you're stressed at work, someone pisses you off, you know, anxiety and stress will build up. You can either figure out a way to let it go or you can lash out. I recommend letting it go, you know, calming yourself down. And that takes practice. But it's just like life. You can only control how you react to stuff. You can't control it. And maybe one day we can master that. Maybe I need therapy. Therapy might help me. But, you know, here's the big kicker. All of this, all this stuff, this, all these imposter syndromes, the, you know, every bit of the negativity that we tend to pull in, it's all in our minds. How we view our struggles, our journeys, our forks in the road, it is all in our perception. It's creators, as creators, we tend to focus on every aspect that we excel at as well as what we fail. If there is one thing we can learn from what we encounter throughout our years is we are different. We are weird and the world needs people like us. I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but the, in all honesty, the world needs people like us so we can show them it isn't all wars, negativity, shame, and disappointment. Imagination is so much more powerful than what we have given it credit for. We have the ability to share it with the world. And that is a gift. That is something that is something that a lot of people can't do. You know, if we honestly had the ability to make this world livable. Uh, you know, we can help people survive, actually help them live through imagination, you know, creative works, you know, different, different things. We can do it all. And what we have to realize is our minds set the tone. Uh, we have to figure out a way to, a different way to view everything. We have to figure out a way to perceive our obstacles and our accomplishments and how we live. That's my piece of advice. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this has been a really long episode. And it's because I scripted the crap out of it. Uh, and I wanted to talk about a lot of things. But, uh, that is all for this episode of Creator's Dementia. Thank you for coming back and listening to me talk your ear off. Um, if you want specific topics discussed, um, let me know. You know, you can hit me up at creatorsdementia at gmail.com. Um, you can, you know, comment 
on my YouTube channel. Uh, you can comment on the Spotify, the Podbean, all that stuff. You know, you can just connect with me, contact me. Um, I'd be more than happy to discuss any topic that you would like. Um, I'm always in the need for uh, finding new ways to spread the creative word. Uh, so, as, as I say now, um, but uh, Chris dementia isn't going anywhere. Um, I this is. That was the second time I have actually failed uh, this passion. And I'm hoping that I learned from it. I mean, so far, I think I'm doing a pretty good job at viewing where I went wrong. I'm trying to change a little bit of it. So we shall see how it goes. Um, But as always, I love you all. Thank you for the support. The views alone is enough for me to truly appreciate this. Uh, Spotify allows ratings, so give me some stars if you would like. Um, you can send me your comments about the show at careersdementia.gmail.com, like I said before. And um, it's good to be back. So we shall take this journey on a long road of me talking. And I'm still looking for a co-host. So if you want to join me, please let me know. Because that would be amazing. Um, But thank you all again very much. I really appreciate it. Hopefully I didn't bore you to death. Uh, Hopefully you can take some of what I've talked about and uh, learn from it. That's my goal here. Um, But until next time, my demented creators, uh, stay weird. Stay demented. Stay creative. Created. Yeah. I about screwed that up. <laughs> Demented Creator. Out. I have officially decided that I am that type of Demented Creator that thinks that the things that I am trying to do is going to work out. So if you actually want to support my journey and my passions, feel free to uh, send me an email on careersdementia at gmail.com of your thoughts and you you can also rate me on Spotify. You can literally just tell me anything that you would love to see this show actually do. I am here to support all these independent creators because I know exactly how it is and I would love to have any of your creations featured on this show so please holler at me at careersdementia at gmail.com i would love it like i said feedback stories give it to me i am here demented creator out i think that went pretty well